Indiana Runner Podcast Season 2, Episode 20. Taylor Marshall and I go through our regional recap. Okay, no time to waste. Cue the Taylor Marshall drop. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. All right. It's the regional recap live from the AltaVote kitchen in an undisclosed location in central Indiana. Colin and Uncle Taylor here to bring you all the action from 16 regionals around the state of Indiana, the sloppy state of Indiana yesterday, Taylor. Very sloppy, I think, throughout. Uh, I know the course that we were at uh, had standing water, and that probably wasn't the only one. The other uh, 15 sites probably had something very similar. In fact, this morning, I think on Indiana Runner, there's a thread about course conditions. So it is in the forethought of people's minds today. I don't think we were at Noblesville. We've seen that a lot over the last six to 10 years. I've never seen it like that at all. I've never seen it, uh, you know, in the area that's, uh, so if you, if you're listening, you remember the, the Hokum Karam exchange zone, right? So in that area, uh, it was like a, a pond, a lake. I mean, it was just, there's so much standing water um, in that section. And then um, in an area, a couple areas on the course. Um, and, you know, I mean, it is what it is. They, they did what they could, but um, there's just so much water. Um, and I didn't know we got quite that much rain. So it didn't anyway. feel like it. So I don't know if it happened, you know, like overnight or what. Let's let's go through each of the 16 regionals. We'll give you the top two teams and the scoring margin in each one in regional one up upper northwest. Maybe she will spin it around. Upper Northwest area, Munster boys 53 to 70 over Crown Point. On the girls' side, Lake Central 43 to 74 over Crown Point. Those are four teams that I think will vie for state meet spots next week at the New Prairie Semi-State. Defending champion Corinna James, she won her race by 90 seconds, despite what it sounds like was veering off the course, at least for a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think they had some some serious mud issues up at Crown Point, but um, still another uh, another big time win for Karina James. She just keeps rolling. Regional number two, the Valparaiso boys avenged their loss at the sectional level, 53-67 over the Laporte boys in what maybe is the best rivalry in the state right now, back and forth throughout the entire season, Chesterton girls 49 to 52 over Valparaiso. New Prairie's Lillian Zelasco wins the girls' race in 1832. She's having a great season. And she beat a couple other all-state candidates. One is well, I have to talk some. It's my job. Uh Kaylee Polizza from Valpo was second. And I believe Bailey Ranta from Chesterton was third. So three really top 20 level girls in that race. Really strong regional race. Um, yeah, great win for Zelasco, uh, setting herself up well for a couple more weeks um, when she'll be neck and neck with some of those girls again. Regional three, Lafayette Jeff Boys over West Lafayette on the tiebreaker, both at 47. And on the girls' side, Harrison 56 to 58 over West Lafayette. So West Lafayette losing or finishing second twice by a combined two points. Disappointing for, for those guys but uh, and girls, but how cool is that? Uh, really close, meaningful uh, team scores there at the end, right? One tie, one two-pointer. I'm sure you can comb through the results and see, like, I mean, man, that's uh, from a spectator standpoint, that's a lot of fun. That, that, we're going to get to another one that was two points. It's not a lot of fun if you aren't a spectator. Mm -hmm. uh, regional four, Warsaw boys, 27 to 64, comfortably over Colder Academy. Warsaw girls, uh, similar, 46 to 90 over Rochester. I have to talk. It's a podcast solo. It's not, it's not, an, it's not an audio medium. It's not visual. The podcast uh, boss is in the background, and he is uh, letting the host know uh, how to run the podcast. Yeah, he, he wants a podcast with less talking. Uh, Hannah Moore of Northwestern won the girls' race 1941. She was All-State last year. Regional five, this would be a feeder for the New Haven semi-state. The New Haven semi-state at Huntington. Uh, Goshen boys, 53 to 58 over Northridge. Penn girls, 34, 54 over Northridge. 
And individually on the boys' side, Jack Moore from Northridge, 15-24, beating the Goshen duo last week. He won a very close race. Uh, this week, he had a bit of a margin over Drew Hogan from Goshen. Those are probably three of the top 10 boys in the state, right? Uh, yeah, I would I would say anecdotally, and I, I think they're, uh, according to INCC stats, they're three of the top 12. So they're, they're very, very close. Um, really great race right there. Shout out Jack Moore for getting the win. And I think there was a, one other regional that had probably three of the likely 10 boys. So, so six of 10 or six of 12 concentrated in just two uh, different regionals and, yeah. and the other, the other spread out over the other 14 regional six. This is the West noble regional homestead boys, a bit of an upset here, 68 to 74 over Concordia and homestead girls, 59 East noble girls, 62 and Carol girls, 67, a bit shorthanded Carol's usual number one, not there. Looks like their usual number uh, two, three, another score has been out for a while. And at this point, I, I wouldn't anticipate her being back. Defending champion Isaiah Sturry wins in 1541. He won by 30 seconds. And uh, he had the number one time on INCC stats. Yeah, and that probably, you know, we weren't, we weren't at West Noble, but that probably speaks to some course conditions issues across um, just how soft a lot of the courses were, right? I mean... 1541 is very pedestrian for Isaiah. So, um, but 30 seconds, nice job. And and still the number one time on INCC stats, whereas the number yeah. two time, number two, three, and, and potentially even four all came from a regional where they got to run against each other. Right, right. So he, he did it by himself. We'll see what he can do at the state meet and defending his state championship that he won last year. Regional seven, Belmont boys, 51 Oak Hill, 62, Huntington North girls, 51, Fort Wayne South side girls, where my grandfather went to high school, 74, Addison Wiley wins in 1854, more than 30 second victory. Yeah, nice, uh, nice job. Uh, shout out Grandpa Altavote. Uh, did he, did he run it South side? Uh, he was a high jumper. I, I actually had some of his high jump ribbons from, uh, gosh, what year would he have graduated? 1944, 1945, somewhere around there. Wow. Yeah. You could hang on to those. Those are cool. Yeah, I probably lost them by now. Uh, regional eight, Fishers, perfect scores, one through seven. HSE perfect scored the uh, sectional round. They, they flipped. HSE ran their top seven boys at the sectional. Fishers sat their top seven boys. HSE sat boys this week. Fishers ran them in a girls uh, race, HSE 50, 45, Fishers 51. So a close race there between two teams that ran their best uh, athletes. And then another big victory by one of the best athletes in the state. Delta's Nikki Sutherland wins 1848, 92nd margin of victory. Yeah, uh, big, big win there. So you and Scott talked about the uh, different philosophies on when to race, when not to race sitting. So we're seeing a lot of these different schools uh, try things in sectionals or regionals where they're not in danger of missing out of the top five. So uh, Fisher's races this week, HSC races last week. So everybody should be back out there dancing next Saturday. And I think that we'll go through the, the INCC stats. Maybe we'll just go through here are the top five teams, knowing that not all of the contenders, certainly not all the podium potential teams, ran all of their boys or all of their girls. Uh, but yeah. Fishers, even in a race just by themselves, essentially, uh, had the number one INCC stats team rating. Yeah. That's, uh, they ran really hard, sounds like. You know. In the... Uh, Shelbyville semi-state feeders region nine Zionsville boys solid again 21 to 77 over Brownsburg Zionsville girls still an enigma but they win 39 53 over Avon regional 10 this is the one that we were at at Noblesville Burbuff boys they're back or they're where we thought they might be early uh, 52 to 54 over Carmel shout out North Central girls, 72. Westfield girls, 82. Carmel girls, a bit shorthanded, 86. 
Noblesville, 87. So a really close top four between those teams. Uh, individually, Cole Matisson wins in 15-22. Uh, Lily Cridge wins in 17-17 by nearly a minute from a, a field that, that might produce the number two overall runner at the state meet. Yeah, I mean, really a deep regional there. And uh, obviously we know it's a boy's first year, so the course is a little torn up. Um, you know, there are points during the, the race where I saw some boys uh, going down. Um, so the fact that Lily Cridge, I mean, it helps that she's out there by herself too, right? She gets to kind of pick her line and go, but uh, to win by nearly a minute over, like you said, who's potentially the number two in, in another top five girl. I mean, you know, it was, it was pretty deep that, uh, uh, you know, it's, she's just crushing it. It's not out of the question. I think Sutherland had the number two time, the number two INCC stats adjusted rating, but Farley and Kennedy, I think were three and four right behind her. It's not out of the question that the top three individuals could be from that regional. And then also throwing in, you know, our, our girls from Carmel that could be up there. Like it could be a sweep um, at the state meet from that regional. And, and she won by a minute. And I, I think you were saying this is, this matches with, with what I saw too, my observations that on the boys side, um, those top three boys were a little less affected by the conditions than other guys further back because they, they were out front. It wasn't quite as torn up yet when they went through and they could kind of pick a good line. And it looked like that's what, that's what Cridge was doing. There and they had asked, yeah. And they had asked, uh, Noblesville had asked that we not warm up on the course so that they were definitely trying to preserve it. They were out there doing some work uh, before the start of the meet, um, trying to dry up certain areas, but having that benefit of being able to pick your ankle uh, you know, stay out of the mud and the high water uh, when necessary was really good. I thought Sophia Kennedy looked really strong yesterday. She had missed a few weeks and she came back to race last Saturday at the sectional and um, I believe placed third uh, that day. And uh, her teammate Gretchen Farley, I think got her by about 15 seconds. And then she, um, she was second overall yesterday at the regional. So she looks, uh, looks strong again and uh, ready to run well in the next two weeks. And they they came in neck and neck, the two of them, and were separated by just a few tenths probably. Yeah, Cridge, number one performance yesterday. Farley, three. Kennedy, four. Uh, Klopstead from Carmel, who was fourth, is the eighth performance. And Olivia Romanik, uh, the 13th performance. Oh, and I missed Kendall Martin. So that's that's six in the of the top 13 performances. Not yeah. the top 13 is a cutoff, but... Um, yesterday from that from that same regional on the boys side it's, it's something pretty similar yeah uh regional 11 mount vernon boys with a bit of an upset 30 to 46 over franklin central two teams that are probably going to be going for that last spot next week at the at the semi-state we'll get into our semi-state breakdown after the break franklin central girls another team uh potentially making the state meet yeah mimi and grandpa are coming grandpa and, and your dad are going to go to the colts game are you going to watch it on the TV, Solomon? Do you want to tell Indiana what you want to see in the Colts game? No? Okay. Uh, Franklin Central girls, 17. Mount Vernon girls, 85. Franklin Central girls went one to four in that race. Yeah, we yeah. all want cookies. Congratulations to Mount Vernon boys on the uh, on that kind of upset win right there. And uh, the Franklin Central girls, like you mentioned, will be in the conversation for advancement at that Shelbyville semi-state trying to squeak inside the top six. We'll probably get to this on the uh, on the back half of the podcast here, but they're one of a few teams uh, fighting for that sixth spot. Regional 12, Center Grove boys 51 to 74 over Whiteland. Batesville girls in another close one, exciting race. 57 to 58 over Franklin, who is the host school. So Center Grove boys for the second week in a row sat some key runners. They ran them at the Laverne meet and then these boys didn't run the sectional or the regional. What do you make of that? It's interesting. Um, you know, they obviously ran well at Laverne. I think typically, you, you know, you and I kind of our rule of thumb, I think has been if you, if you race, if you don't race one weekend, it, it could be anything. We don't race two weekends. It's probably something. 
we don't know exactly what, um, so we can't really say for certain. But um, I think it's a general rule that you, you probably want to probably want to raise at, at least now, one, either sectionals or regionals at this point of the season. I think that's a good general rule of thumb, but I and I don't have any inside information here, but I don't think that applies here. Yeah, I mean, it just could just guess. be a coach's decision. And, yeah. you know, obviously, Center Grove not in a position to, to worry about advancing out of their section or the regional. So, um, you know, you could easily train, train through, have guys do their things, whatever it is you want to do. Regional 13, we're now down in the southern semi-state. Columbus North boys, 15 points. Austin was second with 61. Columbus North girls, 15 points. Seymour was second with 89. Uh, Columbus North boys averaged 15.49. Columbus North girls averaged 18.39. That was at the Saralyn Park course, uh, the one that, that Columbus North hosts. Uh, still, still the favorite, I'd imagine, on the boys and the girls side team-wise. Still the favorite, perfect scoring in the regional. Uh, it's pretty impressive. That is a fast, fast course. Um, and I think, you know, like you said, we haven't seen anything to kind of knock them off that that podium, if you will, right? Top of spot. So I think they'll I think they'll go into the state meet as the favorite. Doesn't mean that they'll definitely gonna win both, that it'll be a Columbus North sweep. I think certainly there are teams, and we've seen this at, at various meets, uh, that that can and will challenge them, but probably the favorite heading in. We're 13 sure. days away from the state meet. Regional 14, this is, a, this is a close one on the boys' side. Northview, 51. Bloomington South, 54. Bloomington North, 57. So three teams separated by six points. Northview girls, 38. Bloomington North girls, 55. Lily Myers wins in 1906. Uh, and maybe the, the story of this meet on the girls' side, Clara Crane, who had missed a lot of the season. She was All-State last year. She ran some really good track times over 3,200 meters. She was third in 1937, so coming back after an absence. We'll see how she can continue to progress over these next couple of weeks. Yeah, 13 days to kind of, you know, continue to fine-tune and get ready to go. Um, so welcome back. That's, uh, that's exciting. On the boys' side, Bloomfield boys made it out. Some of you told me that it wouldn't happen. You uh, you were denigrating my mother's alma mater. This is uh, yeah, my son's even laughing at it. You were denigrating my mother's alma mater, Bloomfield. But uh, I had I had faith in us. I had I felt like we would make it out to the semi-state, and here we are next week, racing at Brown County. So you're saying there's a chance? There there was a chance, hundred percent right now. 100%. Regional 15, the Floyd boys, 55, Jasper, 69. Floyd girls, 36, Jasper, 47. Abe Ekman of Jasper and Allstate are last year. Uh, wins in 16.01 over Spencer Wolf of Forest Park. The two of them attempted to tie last week at the sectional. It's not allowed, and the uh, automatic timing broke the tie. Guessing they weren't too worried about it. And the last regional, 16, Castle Boys 54 over Wrights with 71. And the Princeton girls going to take their shot next week to make the state meet 36 to 70 over South Knox. There we go. That's all 16 of the uh, regionals. Anything stick out to you in all those regional meets? I'm going to get on INCC stats. I'll read you what would the po what the podium teams would be. Um, based on INCC stats. Now, again, HSC boys didn't run. Santa Grove boys were shorthanded. Carmel girls didn't run everybody, so on and so forth. Well, I guess overall standout, um, obviously, at our regional Burbuff. I think we there have been a lot of talk about Burbuff going into the season and then a lot of talk during the season um, when several other key guys weren't racing. And, uh, you know, are they coming back? If so, when will that be like? And I know on the podcast that I basically said, you know, if you haven't been racing for a while, that you're, uh, you know, that maybe that's not going to bode well long term. And uh, I was wrong, obviously, uh, to go and beat a, a pretty strong Carmel team um, by two points there. Uh, you know, that, that really stood out. Uh, the Zionsville girls, um, still not sure where they're going to shake out there uh, in that top five on INCC stats. But as you mentioned, several of their girls haven't raced here recently. Um, I think that 
you know, it's sort of the usual suspects um, on both the boys and the girls side. Um, I don't think we've seen anything uh, outside of adding Burbuff back in that conversation. If, if you ever took him out, like, like I did, um, you know, I think uh, outside of, of, of the couple regionals, there really wasn't a lot of surprise there. So for the Zionsville girls, they still had the eighth best team rating. And it says that they're missing their number one and two. But their number one hasn't run since Brown County. And their number two hasn't run since Harrison. So we're talking five, six, seven weeks here. I, I think it's a reasonable yeah. assumption that they may not factor in. Right. And I think on INCC stats, as they're doing the projections now, I think he's now taking them out. Yeah. You want to see this, fam? Put on your eyes. Put on my eyes? Okay. The executive producer here is trying to pretty up the podcast a little bit. Yes. He, he thinks I have a real face for radio. He asked me to put the fan in front of my eyes. You're welcome. Pancakes and podcasts here in this undisclosed location in central Indiana. Um, so on the boys' side, these are the top five teams per INCC stats rating. Now, the astute listener might say, well, this team beat that team. Why would one be ranked ahead of the other? And it is projecting to a larger field. So, for instance, right. if someone's number two runner was way ahead of another team's number two runner, one team's way ahead of one and two, uh, there may not be any, any people in there, but in a larger field at the state meet, there'll probably be more team runners versus – at three, four, and five, a team could beat another one by three seconds at each of those positions and make up what was a 50-second gap at number two, for instance. So right. number one, 146 rating, Fishers. Number two, 153 ratings, so very close between those two teams, Columbus North. Number three, 171 rating, Carmel. Number four, 195 rating, Brebeuf. And number five, 205 rating Zionsville. So four, well, I was going to say four of the top five teams are central Indiana teams, but I suppose that's not necessarily the case because Fishers is not in that semi-state. Right. It's still a right. central Indiana team, but it's not a Shelbyville semi-state. Right. Any, any teams of note you want to know where they stacked up there in on the INCC stats rating? For this on week? the board side? Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's think about some teams that are, are going to try to advance next Saturday. So thinking of the Shelbyville semi-state, right? Uh, where, uh, did Brownsburg finish? Brownsburg's rating. Brownsburg was was 18th brownsburg came in ahead this is adjusted rating they came in ahead of franklin central okay ahead of north central okay and but behind mount vernon and behind westfield okay so, so that puts them i guess seventh if that's right yes Yes, if you put in Center Grove, who's behind them, but but ran without those top two boys. Sure. Okay, so they're still in contention with Mount Vernon and North Central and Franklin Central um, on the boys' I think side. that Westfield is the sixth team in the semi-state. Correct. So they're, they're a ways back. Now, Brownsburg is listed as running without their number two runner, who did run in the sectional. Okay. So, so likely he'll be running again next yes. Saturday. So if you put him in, their team rating was 401. Their adjusted rating, if you put him in at a season average, was 370. It actually doesn't make as big of a difference. It's They're still a little bit of a ways back from Mount Vernon. But for using this to project Mount Vernon is, is seventh or eighth. And then of those other, seventh or eighth, Westfield sixth. Yeah. Now North Central like is, is not having run one of their runners, but it appears that he didn't run the sectional or the regional, so he he will not run. I'd imagine the semi-state. 
Uh, I have a little bit of uh, insight. I would I would go ahead and predict that he Uncle rakes. Taylor with the scoop. Yeah, so you've heard it here live. I will predict that uh, their number three runner, who is listed as not competing yesterday or last Saturday, Henry Dreich, um, I predict he will race. Um, and uh, we, we had mentioned them before as a team that needed to get um, a couple other guys back. And uh, one uh, who was their six yesterday returned uh, at the sectional. Uh, having had, you know, he had not run since Marion. So um, there, so of the teams that we kind of listed in contention, uh, both uh, Brownsburg and North Central were not at full strength yesterday, but Westfield and Mount Vernon and Franklin Central all were. So, um, you know, take that for, for whatever you will. So, and we'll get into it uh, after the break, but uh, that, that could be very, very interesting for the final spot out of Shelbyville next week on the girls side, the top five teams. Now this is no adjustments, right? So if a team didn't run, we're, we're not moving them up. Number one, Columbus North team rating 158. Number two, North central team rating 199. Number three, Carmel team rating 210. Adjusted rating 128, but number three based on the runners that ran yesterday. Number four, Westfield 211, and number five, Noblesville 229. Yeah. Uh, that to me at this point, you may be a little more reticent to comment on this the same way that I am on the boys' side about certain things. That to me looks like the top five teams right now for the state meet. I, I think that would be a pretty fair assumption. And I think not just what you and I would say, but that those five teams have been at or very near the top on the INCC stats ratings throughout the season. So um, I think the kind of the advanced numbers will agree that those five are, are likely not that there aren't a couple others that could sneak in because we could still see that, but um, they, those five are definitely in that podium conversation some a couple of those you would you would probably say well scott wouldn't say this but you and i might say this that they're a lock top two are locks yeah i too early to call north central a lock but not too early to kind of vaguely say it all drawn out like that first regional title for the north central girls apparently since 1996 it's a stat that i wasn't familiar with but my gosh do they even have cross country in 1996 I didn't think that people were around and running in 96. That seems like so long ago. What's the first year you remember? What's the first year where you remember like this is the year, right? Like, um, you know, I don't, this isn't the first year that I remember. So I was born in 1991. Um, I remember in, you know, the Y2K, all that stuff in 99, right? But 99. Yeah. But I also remember like, here's, it's not my earliest memory, but it's kind of like, I remember uh, watching the Princess Diana funeral. Uh, Ooh, that would have been 95, 90. Yeah. I remember that. My, my earliest, I guess we're doing our miscellaneous minute now, and then after the break, we'll, we'll do our semi-state breakdown. My earliest extended memory, 1994 Pacers Eastern Conference Finals, the playoff run. And I couldn't really stay up and watch them unless they were on the weekend. So I just remember getting up all the time. I was six, getting ready to turn seven. And my dad would like get me up every day and tell, you know, tell me what happened in the game last night. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then, uh, lost game six and lost game seven. Is that Knicks or Bulls? Knicks. Uh, so 90, 94 was Knicks. I, I measure, I measure time in all my formative years by who the Pacers lost to in the Eastern conference finals. 94 was Knicks. 95 was magic. 98 was bulls. 99 was Knicks. And then 2000 shout out. That's the year we won, but then we got destroyed by the, by the Shaq Kobe Lakers. Uh, it was so bad. Although over quarantine, I went back and watched some of those games. We were closer to actually winning that to winning that series. than I would have thought I went back and watched game six when the Lakers clinched it, we lost game four in overtime. And then we were in it in game six until the very end. Yeah. No. 
Oh, what could have been? Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll get to our semi-state roundup, the final one of the year. Gear up for cross country at Three Rivers Running Company. Whether you're just getting into the sport or you're a veteran on your way to another championship, we have everything you need to make this your best season yet. Come visit us today at 4039 North Clinton in Fort Wayne. Indiana Runner thanks Three Rivers Running Company for sponsoring the podcast. We're back. Podcast, pancakes, and parenting. Indiana Runner podcast, regional recap here with Uncle Taylor. Let's go through. This is our thing. We're at the very end and earlier or uh, early in this next week, this upcoming week, semi-state week, we'll have a roundup with all of our semi-state people. Uh, New Haven boys. I got three locks. Hamilton Southeastern, Fishers, and Goshen. I've got two likelies. Northridge, 88.5%, all percentages per INCC stats. Concordia, 84.6%. And then three contenders for the last spot, I suppose, um, if you consider those likelies to be in. Carroll, 31.9%. Penn, 54.8%. And Homestead, fresh off their regional championship where they beat Concordia, 30.0%. What do you think yeah. on the boys' side there at New Haven? HSC, Fishers, Goshen. And then I would say, I mean, I put Northridge and Concordia sort of in that lock. I mean, we're, we're above 80, right at or above 85% chance. So I think that's, that's pretty, pretty high right there. Um, and then I think it's going to be close. Uh, Penn or Carroll. Let's, uh, let's go with the Penn boys not not meaningful to you that homestead beat concordia this past week no because i you know the regional is the region i mean you know i don't know i i think that in some places where the regional just isn't as competitive you don't necessarily have to either run as hard or um you know uh run everybody you know so now based Based on performances this past week, now we'll just we'll just slot HSC in at number one. Yep, because they didn't run their guys. Um, number one or number two compared to Fishers, it's meaningless in terms of advancement, right? Right. So we'll say HSC number one, Fishers number two, Goshen three, Northridge four, Homestead had the fifth best regional rating. And Concordia had the sixth best. So yeah. well, HSE, Fishers, Goshen, Northridge, Homestead, Concordia, those were your top six this week. And it does look like there's one of Concordia's seven who hasn't raced at sectional or at regional. So that, I mean, that does open the door, I guess we could say. Right, although that's not it's not a score for Concordia. I, I do think I do think Concordia will make it out. Yeah. I Penn has gotten one of their runners back. I also think that one of Penn's front runners, a guy that was fifth last year at the state meet, I think he's gonna do a lot better at the semi-state and the state meet than he would project. I think that'll help. I, I like Penn. If not Penn, I actually like Homestead. I do not fancy Carol's chances on the boys to advance. They were pretty far back from Homestead this past week, I believe. Yeah. Girls side, four locks. Well, four locks by my metrics, maybe five by yours. Carol, HSE, Homestead, and Penn. Likely East Noble, 88.6. I just can't, I just can't, I don't know why. I just can't pull the trigger on East Noble as a lock. 88.6, Colin. That's that's high, man. It's not as high as 98.6. Contenders then, three for one spot. Fishers, 34.4. Concordia, 39.9. 
North Ridge 27.1. Those are listed in the order that they are on INCC stats, but the order that they're ranked is not the same as their percentage chances because in all the simulations that they run, you're rewarded for depth, right? But you're ranked based on your top five average. Right. Like one of those three, or do you like two of those three? You're not going to kick East Noble out of that, are you? No, they're they're a lock. Yeah, I got them. I got them in the lock. Uh, I like I like Fishers. I th- eh, I don't know. Hang on, let's uh, let's think about this a little bit more here, right? Um, F- Fishers has missing their five has not raced for a couple weeks now. Um, and then if we look at Concordia, they do have everybody up and rolling. So, okay, I'll take uh, Concordia Lutheran to be the sixth team, I would say. What say you, boss? So based on regional performances, I did not expect this. Number one, regional performance from that area, Homestead Girls. Well, I don't know why I said girls. It's about the girls. Number one, Homestead. Number two, East Noble. Number three, Carroll without their number one runner. Number four, Penn. Number five, Concordia. And number six, North Ridge. Hmm. So, but HSE actually was significantly shorthanded now that I'm looking at their HSE girls ran without their their top four. And I believe still beat Fishers. Uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Concordia. I really wanted to say no East Noble. I don't, I don't know why, I guess just like to go against the grain and go against the numbers, even though I specifically say that you shouldn't do that. East Noble in this appears to be a lock. They were actually not that far behind Homestead and they had the number two performance last week. So, and they've got a great front runner. I'm going to say Concordia girls. Okay. So we're in agreement. Do you think it's meaningful or it's, it's valuable to know that a team was in a really competitive regional and finished fourth or fifth versus a team that won their regional and maybe their individual runners were in competitive situations, but the team wasn't necessarily. So do you think a, a team like Concordia that was third, fourth, fifth, maybe in their regional is more likely to run well at the semi-state compared to what they did this week or a team that maybe wasn't as in as competitive as a regional is more likely to run better the next week. I think the team in a more competitive regional is more likely to run well the next week um, because you're, you're already, you're running hard. You you've kind of been focused and dialed in a little bit. Um, I think that maybe if you go through a, a sectional or regional, that's, you know, just uh, not very competitive for your team that, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe we lose a little bit of focus. I don't, um, I don't know. I, that's kind of my thought just off the cuff. What do you, what do you think? I think, I think I agree with you. And that would mean that the teams with an advantage this week going in would be well, Homestead, which we called a lock Carroll, which we called a lock East Noble, which I called likely you called a lock. And then Concordia was was in that same West Noble regional. Maybe they have an advantage over um, some of the other teams that weren't in as competitive of, of regionals. Although Penn and Northridge ran against each other. Yeah. I just think so, maybe you could spin it to the kids of, you know, hey, like we're, you know, we, we've been in competitive meets here recently. We've, we've been able to advance. Um, we know who we're up against, not just teams, but you can look at someone's, you know, you're their number three. You can look at their number three and say, okay, here's the person I really need to compete against. Um, So I I think that's a little bit of an advantage. New Prairie boys, locks, Laporte and Valpo. Okay. The next two likely Chesterton, 88.3%. Morgan Township, 82.5. So if, if you want to bump those into locks, that's four. And then deep breath here for one, two, three, four, five, six teams for, for two spots. 
or eight teams for four spots, depending on how you uh, interpret this. <sighs> Crown Point, 68.8%. Warsaw, 62.8%. Lake Central, they're still there, 40.4%. West Lafayette, 13.4%. Munster, 29.0%. Portage, 12.3%. Two teams stick out to you there for those last four spots between Crown Point, Warsaw, Lake Central, West Lafayette, Munster, and Portage. I mean, I would move Chesterton and Morgan Township to the lot category. I mean, we're we're above 80% chance on both of those teams. Um, so, like you said, now we're down to, to two more spots. Um, let's say let's – go, let's go Crown Point and, and Warsaw. This one's good. I just think it's going to be really close. Maybe Lake Central does sneak in. We just, I mean, we've seen, we've talked about this a lot this year, how that new Prairie semi-state is just, is just super close. Um, so the, the actual new Prairie event uh, would be no different. Uh, I'd have to go back and, and double check that the new Prairie invite, how some of these teams stacked up. You don't happen to have that handy. My, my initial reaction to Morgan Township and the being 80% and thinking, well, that's, I don't know if it's a lock because they just, they can't be that deep of a team, right? Considering how small their enrollment is, but yeah. actually on INCC stats, they're, they're, they're relatively deep. And if they needed to go down for whatever reason to a, to a sixth or seventh runner, they're actually in pretty good chance to do that, to absorb a bad race or one and a half subpar races from their, from their typical scores. Um, Crown Point and Warsaw, I think, are, are in a good position. Um, I, I don't know. We just, for whatever reason, we keep coming back to this Lake Central team, I think, because they weren't ranked inside the top 50 to start. Uh, they're in the semi-state where you can be outside of the top 50 in the yeah. preseason and still be outside the top 35 or so and, and make the state meet. But, yeah, I think, I think that's going to be really, really close next week. And that's the theme of the new Prairie semi-state, right? Yeah. The rivalries, the, the close uh, scores between all these teams. And these are, these are schools that value the competition. And I know we'll get to the Chesterton and the Valpo girls here in a second, but they tend to race in the sectional, they raced hard against each other. And then in the regional, they raced hard against each other this week, uh, yeah. especially Laporte and Valpo, those top two teams, the locks um, to make it out that, and the, and the results flipped. Now, both of those teams will make it out, but it could be that could flip again, especially yeah. with Laporte having kind of three front runners, three boys that'll probably finish in the top 10 at the semi state. That may offset some of Valpo's strengths at four and five. Um, it seems like in a lot of these earlier, smaller meets, small in comparison to the semi state and the state meet, that teams with, with one, two, or even three front runners have had better INCC stats ratings but have, have ended up on the other side of the team scores and that we could see that changing here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, that low stick isn't as big of an advantage in a, at a sectional or regional meet, you know, it's not until you get more, more bodies in between that is it be more advantageous. New Prairie girls, locks, Valparaiso, Chesterton, Lake central and Warsaw contenders four teams for three spots or sorry four teams for two spots laporte 70.8 harrison 73.0 crown point 37.9 and west lafayette 21.5 so harrison defeats west lafayette at the regional by just two but is three to four times more likely to advance out of the semi-state next week yeah, I'm looking at their performances from uh, yesterday, right? Their performance rating through here. Um, Laporte, the 28th. Uh, sorry. Yeah, uh, Laporte, uh, the 28th best uh, performance uh, on the on the week. Yep. And uh, we're looking at... Uh, Harrison and Crown Point here. Um, Harrison then had the 33rd best performance, and they also uh, ran everybody and then, and then Crown Point back at 39. So, um, you know, that's probably going to be uh, – maybe let's go to Laporte and uh, 
Laporte and Harrison to be the the five six teams. I think that's. I don't think it's going to be as close on the girls' side as on the boys. Now Seeger yesterday had a rating of five thirty one. So they had a better team rating than uh, West Lafayette and Crown Point, but Seeger's. It, uh, chances to advance to the state meet is only 1.4%. But for what it's worth, yesterday they had a better rating for a larger field. Uh, but I wonder if their ceiling is more like seventh or eighth semi-state. Yeah. I mean, I think if you – so you look at the INC stats, they're most likely finished as 10th at the semi-state. And uh, they have – let's see, they're projected – uh, as a team. So to hit that sixth spot, there's a 1.2% chance and a 0.1% chance to be fifth. So um, not, not as, not as likely. They're in, they're in the Lloyd, Lloyd Christmas territory. hundred percent. Let's move down to central Indiana around where we live in our undisclosed locations. The boys, Shelbyville Semi-State, Locks, Carmel, Center Grove, Burbuff, Zionsville, Noblesville. Okay, that's five for what is now six spots. And INCC Stats fancies these four teams to be relatively close. Contenders, Westfield, 36.1. Franklin Central, 37.7. North Central, 19.8. And Mount Vernon. 20.9, and then I added in long shot, Brownsburg, 7.9. This yeah. may be the most interesting of all of the semi-states in terms of just kind of a lot of teams for one last spot. Yeah. Um, and we, we talked about a few of them already, right? We know that uh, North Central is going to get one more back uh, next week, which uh, helps. So, you know, they had the 22nd best performance um, on the week behind Brownsburg. We talked about that behind Mount Vernon uh, and behind Franklin Central. When you adjust the performance for that number three runner, that puts them right behind Mount Vernon. But the other kind of elephant in the room, right? So the five locks are the, are the five locks, but then Westfield. Um, for that sixth spot and they are considerably farther ahead than uh than a north central or a franklin central um so it will likely be westfield unless north central can surprise them uh and have a, a really strong race so yesterday taking out those top five blocks uh throwing center grove in the other teams had the third fourth fifth and sixth best performances in the state far and away better than um than some of the other ones and then westfield 307 mount vernon 341 not an insurmountable gap there brownsburg 401 but 370 adjusted for uh their number two runner being out franklin central 412 and North Central 351 when adjusted for uh, the number three runner coming back. So Westfield better than those other teams, but not, not substantially so. And I'll, I'm going to go through and run a mock semi-state for some of these, and we'll factor that into our, our midweek podcast. Westfield also some semi-state demons over the last few years that, that we can acknowledge. Um, so we'll see how they do this next week but i i think i think those four teams are pretty close to a toss-up um franklin central has has tailed off a little bit in the last few weeks in terms of their rating but i don't know how much of that is training through not running as hard at the sectional and regional um right at the HCC, they tied Westfield, and that's that's a pretty close field to what we're going to see at the semi-state, right? Correct. Um, and then at the, this is going far back, but it was a meet that I was at, so it's just it's stuck in my head. At the Brownsburg invite, 
uh, West or Franklin Central beat Westfield pretty handily, I believe. So, yeah. but that was that was September fourth. That was will we'll have been seven weeks between those two those two meets, seven or eight weeks. So, I don't know. You got a pick out of that one? Um, I'm my head would tell me that Westfield will find a way to overcome some of those semi-state demons an exorcism yeah this week which is uh very fitting as we approach halloween um and but you know north central uh you know the heart wants to pick north central uh nate clean will have to be able to race with kai connor getting the uh, a big performance either two three uh would be helpful i just i think that maybe the their five is probably just a little too far back um and you know to be to be to westfield so in the mock semi-state, Kai Connor fourth, Nate Colleen fifth, and they were fourth and fifth in the regional. Yeah. Now, granted, that doesn't that's not factoring in the center growth boys who didn't run that could be in there, but Westfield not getting a not getting a gap at number one. So it would come down to three, four, and five. And it seems like Westfield, what we know from this season that Westfield's got a a bit of an advantage there over North Central. Right. I think that's what we'll see. I think it'll be close, but I think North Central might end up in that seventh spot and uh, send two, probably just two on uh, to the state meet. Nate Clean and Hayden Monk, they're number two. On the girls' side, Locks, Carmel, Noblesville, North Central, Westfield, potentially four of the top five teams in the state. And then I put wild card, Zionsville, 71.2% chance to make the state meet. That's as I checked it last night. I think since last night that they have updated the simulations. Nope, that's still the case. 71.2%. But I do not know if that's counting in Zionsville's top two runners. I think that just may be based on who has run in the sectional and the regional? Um, I don't see, do we know that on the side anywhere? Has that included? I do not, I do not know that. Let's look through at the uh, performances from yesterday. And so North Central, Carmel, Westfield, Noblesville, top four, Zionsville, even without those runners, had the fifth best uh, regional performance among the semi-state and they were still reasonably far ahead of Avon and Franklin Central who we would think would be the sixth team right correct I'm yeah. going to move Zionsville not into lock but into likely okay so that's five and then contenders three contenders for the the final spot Avon 64.1 Burbuff 34.4 and Franklin Central, a resurgent Franklin Central, yeah, kind of mirroring, we talked about this in previous podcasts, kind of mirroring what the Burbuff boys are like. They've gotten her athlete back. She was All-State last year. She's not back at the level at which she would have projected, but she's obviously done a good job to get back and to help Franklin Central out, yeah. to give them a chance they otherwise would not have. So Avon, about twice as likely as Burbuff or Franklin Central to make it. Yeah, and if you look at the the rating from yesterday, it's Avon 328, Franklin Central 342, and Rebuff 352. Um, but missing one. But missing one, right, right. And did she run? She did not run yesterday. Uh, she hasn't she hasn't run since Brown County. Yeah. All yeah. Right, I think our, so, I'm gonna walk over here, but our executive producer is asking to be fed. What would you like, sir? Graham crackers. Graham crackers. Okay. Um, are we are we thinking Avon there? Do you do you like the the recent tradition of, of Franklin Central, or do you do you like it is Taylor? Do you like the upside of the buffs if they can get their athlete back? I think if their athlete comes back, then I like Burbuff, but I, I don't know. Like you said, she hasn't raced for several weeks, so I don't know how likely that that may or may not be. Um, so I, I think we're, 
uh, Franklin Central, I mean, they are trending up. Um, that their athlete they got back, I believe, won her regional, if that's correct. She no, won she her sectional. Won her sectional, yeah. Um, she may have won the – she did not win the regional. No. She was second on her team there. Yeah. But they uh, – yes, they're, they're trending up. But a better – yeah, better performance rating um, at the regional as compared and, to the sectional. And right behind Avon in terms of performance rating, adjusted performance. Yeah. So I'll take I'll take Franklin Central then because I think, you know, they're like you said, on the upswing. Avon seems to be the safer choice. I, I think it's gonna be Avon. I think if the semi-state were another two or three weeks from now, that'd give Franklin Central more time to catch up. Yeah. Avon's got a pretty big advantage at one and two. Um, but we'll see, especially if those two from Franklin Central, I mean, I think, I think they were, they were way high last year at the state meet, like just outside the podium, if, if, if they can kind of pop one this week to, to make it out. Right. Uh, last semi-state Brown County locks Columbus North, Bloomington North, Bloomington South, Floyd and Northview contenders, Jasper 71.9%. Austin 30.1 and then two long shots Jennings County 9.2 and Castle 2.2 Jasper's been moved in and out of the lot category on multiple occasions this year I believe yeah but I still think they have enough of a buffer on uh on Austin that I think they are that six team I think there's a little bit more room here uh who, who do you got who do you yeah, I'll take those five locks and Jasper I think I think Jasper, as we go through this week, Jasper's got that front runner. That's gonna help. Jasper 474 at the regional. And I'm not finding Austin in here, so I must have missed them as I was scrolling through. Or potentially I'm on the girls one accidentally. No, I'm on the boys. Wow. Okay. Austin significantly better than Jasper at the sectional for whatever that's worth. Austin 401, Jasper 474. Mm. Here's how good Austin was at the, the um, regional. One spot behind Brownsburg, ahead of Franklin Central, ahead of North Central, ahead of the Penn boys, ahead of the Chesterton boys, ahead of the Carroll boys. Ahead of the Floyd boys, ahead of Morgan Township boys. So if they can if they can do that again this week, they're they're probably gonna make it out. Yeah, they're just they've been flying under our radar a little bit. Yep. And Jasper four fifty nine at the sectional, four seventy four at the regional. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna go Austin. Okay. This is that Scott Litzkin would say this is why there's no such thing as a lock. This is true. I think Austin's got a good a good shot, and then and then our two long shots, uh, Jennings County just under ten, and then Castle at two point two. Um, is it possible that some of the teams that don't like some of the teams in the far flung areas of the state, like an Evansville team, like Castle, maybe doesn't necessarily see the Indiana teams or the other semi state teams all that often? That the data is not very accurate on them. But even if they were 10 times more likely to make it than, than our numbers suggest, ours being INCC stats, um, which we don't run our own INCC stats, but that, that's still 20%. So that, that's interesting to me if the Austin boys can make it. Let, let me look at their profile. I wonder if they're not especially deep. But I thought this about Morgan Township, and, and they were. Um, there's, a, there's a significant drop-off for Austin after five. Okay. So they're going to, they're going to want to hit it with all five of them next week and, and a good, a good pack, no true front runner there. So if they're going to beat Jasper, Jasper's top boy is going to score fewer than five team points. So Austin's going to have to, and, and Jasper's number two guy will probably finish in the top 15. Right. So they're going to need, they're going to need a, um, they're going to need to chip away at that lead at three, four, and five. They're going to need to bury Jasper there. Yeah. Girls' side, locks, 
Columbus North, Floyd, Northview, Bloomington North, and Jasper. Contenders, Bloomington South, 57.4, and Princeton, 46.7. So pretty close between the two of them. Yeah, so I'm looking here. Uh, Princeton, uh, their performance yesterday, a 432, which put them 27th overall. Uh, Bloomington South, 491, but they're missing their number four. I don't think she's, I don't think she's going to run. Okay. So I was, she hasn't run since Brown County. Okay. So yeah, I mean, even if she did and compete at the level she, I mean, it's a very narrow lead over Princeton. So it looks like then, uh, Princeton might be that team over Bloomington South. What do you, what are you seeing? Princeton is like Austin. Uh, Princeton is like a combination of the Jasper boys and the Austin boys. They have two girls that are going to finish in the top 15 at the semi-state and potentially in the top 50 at the state meet. They're both making it. Their team can make it, but they're going to need to ride that advantage out at one and two, although it's actually not an advantage over Bloomington South at number one. Um, Bloomington South number one, is actually probably going to finish in the top five or so. And then those two twins from Princeton are going to, maybe they're not twins, maybe they're just sisters, are, are going to finish right there. So can Princeton exploit their advantage at two and then and then run well enough at three, four, and five to, to make it out? Uh, Princeton has improved a lot throughout the year. They only have four ratings, four team meets with their, with their five best girls on INCC stats. And two of those happened in the last two weeks. So yeah. That's, man, that's that's a real toss-up between those two teams. Yeah, this might end up being the, the closest head-to-head matchup for that sixth spot overall, uh, up there with maybe what we'll see out of the New Prairie boys. But, um, yeah, my, my pick is Princeton. It. It feels like we've talked all season. It, it, it always seems like it's the same six teams and there's a lock and there's a clear gap. And Princeton has just totally overcome that. I mean, and whatever, what we're saying actually doesn't matter. It's decided on the course. But Princeton has really come on. I, I, I wonder if they were in the top 50 preseason or not. Um, pretty rare that we see a team outside of the top 50 to do that. But, uh, that man, they are, they are right there. They are right there. I'm uh, checking out Princeton, not inside the top 50 on the girls' side. They were 55th in the INCC stats preseason. Yeah, so they weren't in the Indiana Runner top 50, I don't yeah. believe. So, wow. That's going to be an exciting one. All, all of these all of these semi-states have intrigue next week, and I think next week is more about the, the borderline teams, right, the teams that could finish – fifth, sixth, seventh, or eighth to make it out. And then some kind of just training through, not posturing, just racing, seeing seeing what's what, letting those teams sort themselves a little bit, knowing that it's not that meaningful for whatever is going to happen the next week. So the, the contending teams, you know, three potential boys contending teams on the, uh, at the Shelbyville semi-state, two of them in the New Haven semi-state, seeing what Columbus North can do, how dominant they can be at Brown County. And then on the girls' side, the two contending teams in different semi-states, but also those kind of podium-type teams. Three of them, three podium contenders in Shelbyville, two podium contenders in um, New Prairie. So, yeah. All right, Should man. be a lot of excitement. Yep. Anything else you want to talk about? Um, I think that's... That's all I got here. I think that uh, we'll cross our fingers for a dry week. Um, now that the weather is finally cooled, maybe we'll try to stay dry, let these courses dry out and harden maybe a little bit. We might see some uh, faster times, particularly at a fast course like Brown County. Um, it'd be good for good for those kids to be exciting and just get ready for the following uh, Saturday. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be nice to run on drier courses after the last two that or three really that we've run in that those, those courses are pretty sloppy. Yeah. In yesterday. For the state meet uh, high of 55 that day. 
the low of 41. Remember uh, this year, the boys race at noon and the girls race at 3 p.m. So yeah, that, that, that this should be the last year of that. Yeah, it needs to be changed. It needs to go need back to, be- to one and 145 or, you know, some similar time frame. Um, so everybody can be there together. Uh, so if you're, uh, if you're a coach, you support that. Talk to your athletic director. Talk to uh, the IHSA. Let them know um, how important it is that the boys and girls be there together. We've done it all, all year. I can tell all these semi-states are going to have the meet uh, on the traditional format, uh, 45 minutes or so in between. No, no need to uh, space it while we're, uh, you know, it, this just doesn't make sense. It's probably not the best situation for coaches or athletes or administrators, particularly who um, will right. want to be a part of both the boys and the girls team, knowing that there are other events taking place that day as well. Yep. All right, man. Hey, thanks for coming on and I'll see you every day for a long, long time. All right. All right. Go hounds, man.